This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. drive through funerals. An ode to Honest Abe. Nazi tennis. Born to be a Cubs fan. And Rick's brush with a ranch hand from Rawhide. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave. Rick and Dave, Rick and Dave, Rick and Dave. We are here. Minutia Man is uh, in progress, officially. It has begun. Once you hear that music, that means uh, it's time for us to start. And uh, before we start, I just want to say a uh, word of thank you. Uh, we had a little medical emergency here in my house this past week, and I, I mentioned it on Facebook, and uh, I, I was really touched by all the people that uh, uh, sent well wishes on behalf of my son, who is just fine now. So I, everybody who was worried, everything is fine. I'm just a worrier. And so I put the news out there, and uh, Tommy came through uh, with a uh, procedure on his esophagus, and everything turned out just fine. You know, I had esophagus shop in high school. I could have done the procedure. Yeah, if I had known that, if I had only known that. But seriously, I was actually quite touched by all the people that sent uh, notes and well wishes. And so thank you very much for that. Did I send you well wishes? I think I called you actually, didn't I? Well, anytime there's a medical emergency of anybody (laughs) that you know, there's like a beeper that goes off. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. I've con- I've contacted the Mayo Clinic. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little over t- over the top. That's my wheelhouse, though. Caring about other human beings is my wheelhouse. Rick. Well, so, in a medical sense, especially. Yes. Um, right. Because I've had everything in my head. <laughs> right. And I believe after I told you what Tommy has, uh, you looked it up. And now uh-huh. you are uh, psychosomatically suffering from some of those uh, similar <laughs> similar yeah. uh, traits, aren't you? Uh, my daughter, Julia, um, had something called Plum Pitt Syndrome. Um, and um, what that is, is basically it's a it's an anxiety thing where you um, have trouble swallowing. You it, it, the, the name derives from the fact that it feels it's it feels like you have a plum pit in your in your throat. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and I swear, after she was diagnosed with it, I I got it like within ten <laughs> seconds. That's, did she have to have like a, what, an endoscopy or something or other? That's uh, no, they did a. Um, she did go to Children's um, Hospital, and she had a. Um, it, it, she swallowed some like liquid or like some dye, and then they took a X ray of it. So it was not nearly as intense i think that what tommy had okay um and probably cheaper although it was about three grand what 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 is this one gonna cost i haven't what is gotten Tom- haven't gotten the bill yet and uh, uh not looking forward to getting it yeah um that's all right but you know yeah. he is an adult uh so i just want to say thank you that there still is <laughs> health care for uh him uh through our uh, health care at least uh for another few years uh yeah and um well we don't. We we're not political on this show. Rick. No, we're not. I'm saying thank you but, for that we have health care. Yes, I I agree. That's I not agree. a political statement. No, <laughs> that's a no. Rick just saved thousands of dollars <laughs> statement. Uh, well, we could have done if if something went awry with your health care, we could do a telethon here on Minutia Men and easily raise that kind of cash quickly. Don't you think? Oh, wouldn't it be called a, a podcastathon? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
yeah. or a has anyone ever done a podcast-a-thon i would imagine somebody has or I maybe bet not they haven't i mean we could we could be onto something here this could be a first why don't you look what into you, that okay and that you know what every week we'll do a uh, podcast-a-thon for something and see if we raise any dough okay sounds all good. right good um, um go ahead what what kind of minutiae do you have for us this week well, this is um, comes out of uh, whoa! Did you hear that? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Something's oh. happening here. Did you just hear that? No. No. You um, probably have a couple of things up on your computer, and the the noise is coming through there. Um, this comes out of Memphis, Tennessee, Rick. And you and I actually have spent some quality time in Memphis, Tennessee. We have. Um, a funeral home off of Lamar Avenue, in case you live in the uh, Memphis, Tennessee area, is offering a different service uh, than its competitors. Uh, they're, they, they're offering something called drive-up funerals, okay? <laughs> and a, as the name implies, what they do is they put the deceased in a display case, basically, and you can actually drive by you don't even have to get out of your car anymore is it like an open casket thing i i yeah you could choose to have a open casket yeah they they may it's a real nice the photo that's on online here it's very nice it's like a very tasteful presentation they've got the coffin there they got the dead guy or gal um and it's right it's right against the window and you could just kind of drive through and you could just kind of wave or pay your respects, and you don't even have to get out of the car anymore. I love this idea. I, well, I, I'm in favor of any drive-through concepts, uh, just in general. But this this one in particular, I'm I'm a big fan of this. Well, and yeah, I mean, well, you go to what <laughs> six, seven wakes a month, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. My mom is a widow. Um, all her friends are widows. Uh, she's involved in a million different uh, clubs and. In the German community in Chicago, I think we literally are either related to or or personally know every single German-American in Chicago. And when they die, I get a call from my mom saying, you know, so-and-so died and the wake is Wednesday and I need you to take me. How many of these people do you know? Like 1%? No, I actually know more than, more than you think. I probably know about 50% of them. Or maybe not that many, 40% of them. And I assume you see the same people every time. wake after wake, right? Every time, same people, yep. So do you say they have the same conversations? How does a conversation basically go? You know, oh, Ernst died, he was a good guy, and that's it? It's, I mean, usually, it's usually, we got to stop meeting this way. <laughs> you know, yes, we do. I mean, it's it's tragic. It's a sad thing. I was just at one the other day. Uh, a uh, uh, a local German radio legend, Armin Holman, passed away, and mm-hmm. and uh, Armin and I know each other. We've known each other for years, and I actually did the uh, the commercials for his German radio show in English for him, uh, just as a favor. I, it was just something that I did. And we went to this wake, and it was so crowded that there was a police car out front directing traffic. I mean, it was this guy was a uh, pillar of the German community in Chicago. So, uh, and a nice guy too. A sad story. So he, let's say his funeral is in one of these drive-up things. 
Well, okay. that, it would have worked out perfectly because the cops were already there. You know, they could have just kept the flow going. It would have really moved a lot nicer. Well, and what I'm also thinking is, you know, you can have the priest do the eulogy or whatever through the speaker, like at a drive through right? Like at a fast food drive through right? Oh, that's not bad. Like, you know, just through the speaker. What do you think? <laughs> that's not bad. Because, you know, I'm the uh, eulogy guy in my family. So I could record it and not have to be there in person and just kind of have it go through the, the speaker. You could just do a template and put the new name every yeah, time. Insert name here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as you're driving through in these drive through funerals, you can um, like the menu board can just be fun facts about the guy who died. <laughs> I love right? it. <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, Rick Kempfer loved pickle herring. You know, because you're waiting in line, right? Like, a, you, you'd have I a pretty, I bet you would have a pretty him. good. Yeah, have a, like a little slideshow. Yeah, just l- little fun facts. Where the little advertisement then, is, you know, where you you get your uh, your value menu, where they hit the, the, the pictures flash, you know? Yeah. And just have a, like a running tally of his, of his or her life. That's yeah, a great yeah. idea. And then as you exit the drive-thru, or the, you know, the drive-thru, uh, if there's kids in the car, Maybe little plastic bobbleheads of the dead guy from China. Cheap ones. And you give them to the kids. Not bad. Not huh? bad. So we, we've we just taken the um, the drive-by funeral concept by R. Bernard Funeral Home in Memphis, Tennessee. We've just made him another, what, 30% margins, I think. <laughs> Free of charge. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Okay. Well, that's good. I like that very much. Uh, I have some minutia for you as well, and that is uh, this past week was the uh, birthday of Abraham Lincoln, who uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, is somebody that you've admired since you were a young child. Uh-huh. Your favorite president ever, would you oh, say? Oh, without question. Honest, Abe, absolutely. So, you know, um, I, when I was working I like on- Millard Fillmore, too. Oh, who doesn't love Fillmore? And Frank yeah, Pierce? Yeah, uh, but I would definitely, honest, uh, Abe's my, my number one draft pick. When I was uh, working on the Just One Bad Century site, I looked and looked and looked for a uh, some sort of an Abe Lincoln tied to uh, to baseball story, and there there aren't any that I can find. But there is one uh, about his granddaughter, which I just found today. Uh, his granddaughter married a baseball player. Huh. Warren Wallace Beckwith uh, married Jesse Lincoln, who was the daughter of Robert Todd Lincoln, the former Secretary of War. I believe the oldest son of uh, uh-huh. of Abe and uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. And this is the way uh, he described his uh, son-in-law. He called her. Uh, he called him a baseball buffoon. <laughs> and this is a description of what this guy was like. All right. He never made it to the big leagues. He played in the Texas League with Dallas, Paris, and Waco. And the New York Times reported that his nicknames in Texas were The Dude and Lady Killer. And that he would never go into a game to pitch without first combing or brushing his hair faultlessly. A bastard. Yeah. That is the uh, the son in, the grandson-in-law of Abraham Lincoln. Well, Lincoln got killed in 
64 was it 1865 1865 so there was no baseball then was well, there baseball was founded uh in professional baseball was founded in 1871 okay initially the national league was founded in 1876 so yeah it's just just missed but, uh, but did you, you also you uh, this is the thing the reason i bring up abe is you and i uh we uh, since since we first met each other every year on abe lincoln's birthday you promote your famous poem that you wrote about abe lincoln when you were a child can you tell us that okay. story quickly okay first of all i don't promote it you promote it because you're <laughs> mocking me <laughs> is what it is so there's no self-promotion here uh <laughs> 19 uh how did i know that there was a lincoln poem huh well okay i'm not gonna deny the fact that i may have flopped it out at parties back in the 80s but i let it lie then but it's (laughs) you keep on every year um you know i I, you're mocking you're a mocker we have a friend in who lives in uh in georgia named mike brammel who uh is an even bigger fan of this poem than i am i mean he sends it out to his employees every year uh-huh yeah um uh, i think he actually once got reprimanded by the board of trustees too because he was spending too much time on the lincoln poem uh the story goes <laughs> excuse me uh 1974 maybe uh probably 110 years after lincoln's death there was a contest a citywide chicago contest to write a poem and in you the, could write a public poem. schools right public yeah. schools right um, inner, inner city you, public schools <laughs> gritty the gritty yeah. inner city yeah while we were dodging bullets we were right we were poets uh-huh. and uh so they had this contest and you could write a poem about anything and i wrote one about abraham lincoln uh, i think i was in sixth grade and i was one of the i don't know 10 20 winners or whatever so i was able to go to a radio station and record it and it was broadcast throughout the entire metropolitan area and uh <laughs> There you go. And uh, I basically forgot about it. And then I mentioned it once to you in the 80s. And I can now now never forget about it. <laughs> I believe I once had you record it in a uh, studio with our uh, our famed uh, audio wizard, Vince Argento. Isn't that correct? Yeah, you believe. Yeah, you've got your finger on the button right ready, now, pal. I'm ready to play it. Uh, go ahead, play it. Okay, here go we go. Go ahead, play it. All right, it's about a minute. Honest Abe, he was called, and we are sure he was not bald. When he was young, he read and read, and even when he was in bed. But until the day he died, he had still never lied. He was one of our leaders, and a good one at that, who always wore a very high hat. And just as he wanted, and just as he got, except for a man with a dangerous plot. John Wilkes Booth was a very bad man, and surely not a Lincoln fan. He put a great leader into his grave who wanted so much to save every slave. Dave Stern, 1974. just love that so much yeah Uh, you know whenever i listen whenever i listen to it yeah i remember the process that i had and all great poets do this you know i'm sure Uh is you you have like five or six words that have to get in the poem and you just figure out what rhymes with it and you just you just 
you know, square peg round hole to make sure that it rhymes. Is and we are sure he was not bald. <laughs> that, yeah, is that? Yeah, I think that that is one of those. All right, correct. I, honest Abe, he was called. All right, what? Right. Was Let's see, bald. Oh, bald. Oh, but, right, he exactly. Bald. I stopped at B. I, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> no need to go on. Yeah, it, uh, I, I think every uh, great poet did the same. Does it exactly oh, sure. the same way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Fro- uh, Robert Fro- uh, Frost, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, now on the Internet, there's, you know, countless sites where you could just plug in a word and it'll tell you all the words that rhyme. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's why today's poets are hacks. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I could write a Pulitzer Prize in like, I don't know, three minutes probably right now. On the Internet. Edgar Allan Poe had to sit there and go, Raven, Baven, Caven, David, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, that took him forever. Yeah. Right. I just plug it in right now. And uh, so, um Hey, uh, I just got a call from the Carl Sandburg Society. They want that audio. <laughs> I'm sure it's already there. <laughs> I'm uh, sure it's already there. There All was right. a Lincoln. Re- Do you remember the Lincoln restaurant on Lincoln and Irving, right? Yeah, sure. Is it um, gone? It's still there, isn't it? No, it's gone. They closed it. Oh, no, it's about a year, I think. Yeah, it's it, not there anymore. It had that gigantic Lincoln sign. Yeah. And they had that entire wall of just copper pennies that it's gone yeah it's gone yeah oh, that's a um yeah that's why you know when we meet new authors at that danny's egghead on irving yeah that's why we don't go to lincoln anymore because it's no longer there oh. did you ever make that connection as I, to why no, we i didn't i just i just go where you tell me to go i just yeah. i just show up there lincoln uh the lincoln restaurant fell by the way the abraham lincoln okay dead well, do you did you know a, that Ab- <coughs> in, uh, did you know that Abraham Lincoln uh, signed the Secret Service Act to create the Secret Service about five hours before he died? I did not. That was not in the yeah. poem. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Should have done it maybe 15 hours, and it could have maybe saved his life. Could have saved his life, which would have made a very happy wife. Right, right, right. Wow, see, you, wow, was, you've got the talent. There would have been less strife. Uh, uh, um, yeah, rife, if, life, If type. John Wilkes Booth just brought a knife. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, you're, now this is double mock right now. Yeah, you, oh, what sorry. else? Whatever. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you got any other uh, <laughs> minutiae for us today? Uh Rick, Nazi stories. I don't search for Nazi stories, Rick. Nazi stories find me. Oh, hey, wait. We got a new audio. Right. All right. Hang on. You ready? Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Another one. Okay. What do you got this Uh, week? Actually, this is also a Jenkins, too. Oh, no. Wait. Hang on. I wasn't prepared with Jenkins. I think uh, I have Jenkins right here. Here we go. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! All right, lay it on me. All right, this comes out of Hawaii. Well, before you, before you go on, a, a bringing together a Jenkins moment and a Nazi moment at the same time, I, I my heart is a flutter. Uh, well, I hope, I hope that I... Don't disappoint you. The United States Tennis Association, or the USTA, apologizes for Nazi-era version of German anthem sung before 
Fed Cup match. So they had, I guess this is called the Fed Cup, where tennis teams from around the world compete in, in Hawaii. And the United States Tennis Association, before the match, will play the national anthems of the countries that are participating in whatever match. So they um, played the, and they had an opera singer actually, and she sang the Deutschland, It's is it Deutschland Lied? Deutschland Deu- Liberales? Well, it says here Deutschland Lied is what the oh, name Do- of the, uh, Deutschland Lied. Yeah, that's the, yeah, okay. that's the name of the, all right, I can, you know, this is actually uh, understandable. I mean, it's actually not because the Deutschland Liberales thing that, that is just immediately identified as a Nazi thing. Mm-hmm. However, in fairness to the uh, U.S. Tennis Association, that song is still being used. The tune of Deutschland Liberalis is still being used by Germany, except they are no longer using that verse from the song. They now use the third verse from the song, so they, they've just avoided all the Nazi stuff. Is, isn't that so German that they're efficient? It's like, okay, we got this national anthem. We had some bad years in the 40s. No need to completely rewrite the damn thing. Let's just not use it that one. already written. <laughs> right. Right. We don't have to pay for new instruments. Uh, yeah, it is so written just... by Joseph Haydn in 1796. We don't have to pay any royalties. Right. Exactly. So they're using the same and, you know, that tune is very marchy, isn't it? it? I mean, it's very, yes. you know, dun, 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 right? It's very, yeah. wouldn't it have been better that after the World War II, they would have just like gone into an, like a, like a chicken dance kind of song <laughs> instead? Yeah. What's wrong with a polka? Yeah, exactly. With some wacky hand gestures or something. No, no, no. The hand gestures don't work for us. <laughs> we don't do the hand gestures anymore. Right. You could do it with the left arm and not the right arm. Okay. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I, the, 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 you know, and, and, and yes, yeah, some intern, I mean, well, I, well, it was an opera singer. So evidently they just gave her the words. And you know, the thing is when you're, if you're an American opera singer and someone hands you German words, you probably don't know that you're singing the Nazi version of the song. Uh, yeah. So what, um, what it literally means is you know, Deutschland, Deutschland, Iberales. What that really means is Germany, Germany over everyone. We are the number one. We are the best in the world. <laughs> uh, and I can see how they may not want to say that after 1945, basically. Yeah. The second um, verse, by the way, is about how how sturdy and strong German women are. True. Really? It's absolutely true. <laughs> Which is the strudel verse? Uh, there is no strudel verse, but, they, you know, it's close. I mean, the second verse is, uh, you know, it's about German women and German loyalty and German wine and German song and and how noble all of those things are. And so and they skip that part. No mention about beer in this entire thing? No, it's understood. <laughs> yeah. It's understood. Okay. It's a German thing. All right. All right. Ah, well, that's, well, that's my that's my Nazi story. And again, I don't search for these. They just they find me. I am not disappointed. Uh, it's sometimes they find me knocking on my door in the middle of the night. But this is yeah, I does Nazi uh, stories just just find me. OK, it's time for uh, our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So, you know, this week was a birthday of a very famous uh, Chicago figure. 
who uh, was kind of born into the Cubs family, and his name was Bill Veck. Okay, hold on. Veck? Eck? Beck? Wreck? <laughs> Veck is Bill a, Veck as in Wreck. Yeah, right? that's the name of his, his uh, yeah. autobiography. Um, his father, uh, Bill Veck Sr., was the uh, general manager slash president of the Cubs when Bill was a little boy. And so uh, Bill Veck literally grew up working for the Cubs. I mean, he, he was – he hung out at the ballpark. He hung out with uh, the the stars of the day like uh, Hack Wilson and uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander, people like that. And then he, he went to the speakeasies with them when he was in his teen years and just kind of hung out. And I mean, what kind of a childhood awesome. is that? I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. My dad worked at a record store. And my dad worked for the government. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Bill Veck, dad had a cooler job. He did. He did. Uh, but when uh, Bill Veck Sr. died in 1933, uh, Bill Veck Jr. Uh, started working full-time for the Cubs as the treasurer of the club. And in 1941, when uh, the new when a president was uh, being hired, he wanted that job very badly and didn't get it. And that's the only reason he left the Cubs. But before he left, he did something that is still considered one of the most important events in Chicago Cubs history. Can, do you know what that is? I think he planted the ivy on the wall, right? That's exactly right. He planted yep. the ivy in 1937. That was uh, Bill Veck, who uh, is more famous as a White Sox guy, but uh, is, in fact, a uh, cub from birth. And then, at the end of his life, hung out at Wrigley Field every day, too. Right. Um, did, did you know that he had an ashtray? You know, he had a wooden leg. He lost it in Korea? Did He, he lost his leg in Korea? I, yeah, was I that think what it, so, in the war, yeah. And he uh, had a wooden leg, and he had an actual ashtray in his leg that he would... Coolest dude ever. <laughs> I, he's one yeah. of the few people in Chicago that can bring Cubs fans and Sox fans together because uh, everyone loved Bill Veck. And his son was the brainchild, or was the uh, impetus to the um, disco demolition, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, I've yeah. met his son a couple of times during during my Stephen Geary years when we uh, anniversaries. We'd get Mike Vec on the phone and talk to him. Um, but uh, yes, that is yeah. uh, this week's uh, just one bad century. It's time for our celebrity feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave is going to reach his hand into the uh, Costco jar and pull out a name of a celebrity, and I will have to tell the story of having met that person. Uh, I have never heard of this person. Sheb? Wooly, Wooly, who's this? You've never heard of Sheb Wooly? No, I have not. <laughs> Did you ever watch Rawhide? Uh, the, the old Western show with uh, Clint Eastwood as Rowdy Yates? No, I watched Hee Haw. Is that different than Rawhide? Yeah, much different. Yeah, uh, uh, Rawhide was like a traditional Western show that about uh, you know cattle drives and stuff. And Sheb Wooly was one of the stars of that show. He was the uh, I think his name was Pete. Uh, one of the one of the ranch hands yeah. that helped, but he also was a singer and and did the song "Purple People Eater." Remember that? Oh, song? I know that. Yeah, sure. One eyed, one horned, flying purple people eater. Right. Yeah. He wrote that song, and I met him during the uh, 
Actually, I never met him physically. I, I only talked to him on the phone. I got him on uh, John Landecker's show as a mystery guest. I, I thought that'd be fun. I tracked him down. And I didn't really do a big uh, a pre-show interview with him. You know, you're supposed to kind of pre-interview a little mm-hmm. bit if you can. Mm-hmm. And this is a failure on my part as a producer. I didn't really do that. And and I should have because in this case, it turned out that Sheb Woolley was like 85 years old at the time. Couldn't hear. <laughs> so John would say something to him like, so uh, Sheb, uh, tell me about... Uh, uh, working on Rawhide. What was that like? What? What'd you say? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, when you did the song uh, Purple People Eater, uh, what was your inspiration? Why I can't... What? What? <laughs> Terrible interview. <laughs> Absolutely horrible interview. <laughs> it's totally my fault. I did not... Uh, I booked him. This I tracked him down because I was a big fan of Rawhide. I watched it in Germany. It was uh, one of the shows that they showed on the Armed Forces Network. And uh, when I found out I could track down the real Sheb Woolley, I thought it'd be kind of a fun feature. And it was not. <laughs> so. the, um, Chuck, it wasn't Chuck Connors. He was the rifleman. Yes. Former and Cub. And he played for the Cubs. Yeah. That's right. I'm oh. sure that'll come up uh, in the next couple of weeks in uh, uh, Just One Bad Century. As we get to the Oscars. Aren't the Oscars coming up? Uh yeah I think so the Grammys were they were I I don't watch those shows yeah um well if you, you know, like uh, Minutia Men with Rick and Dave be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits podcast network like well the Rob's have you heard the Rob Saul show have you I have not to this? no uh they did a great piece a couple of I don't know if it was last week or the they interviewed the guy who um was the brains behind Saved by the Bell. You know that TV show? Oh yeah, yeah. I think Saved by the Bell is a little too. We're too old for Saved by the Bell, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it, but like Screech and it's much the, more relatable than Sheb Woolley. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, his show is far better than ours. Yeah. And uh, the Rob Saul show. So I definitely think you should check that out on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Because talk radio, great talk radio, isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartExpress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasano with uh, Opi Productions. Uh, we're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. <laughs> Proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?